0: Welcome back to Fleshing It Out with Samantha Spittle. This week's guest is Chris Albright. Chris is certified in teaching employees, uh, groups, and whatnot, situational awareness. Now, what is situational awareness? Um, First, when I met him, I thought, oh, he is going to teach me how to – be the tough person on the outside that I think I am on the inside. But in fact, when we sat down and chatted, I learned that situational awareness is actually more about paying attention to your surroundings to avoid trouble. And so when we originally were going to talk about everything. You know, we are, we're going to talk about um, situations in the world, how to stay out of trouble, how to walk into a building, um, you know, sc- scope out what's going on, kind of direct your senses. Um, but then all this COVID-19 happened. And so now those threats are different than the way they looked even just a month ago. So join us as we chat. We talk about what we can do in the world we're currently living in, how we can extend kindness to others. And we end with Chris actually sharing some changes he's made to his life, uh, some health changes, and it's made him uh, healthier and better in situations. So join us, join me with Chris Albright, SAFE certified trainer, and learn how to keep yourself safe and aware. Let's get ready to flesh it out. Coming
1: to you from the M&M Exterior Studio in Nooksville, Virginia. This is Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle, the introvert's extrovert. She talks to people so you don't have to.
0: For now. Welcome back to Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle. I'm here with my guest, Chris Albright. Chris, thanks so much for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me. Chris teaches situational awareness, and we originally booked this podcast um, about probably a month or two ago. We talked well, we talked about it a few months ago, booked it about a month or two ago, and now since then, our world has pretty radically changed. Um, we're recording this right now while we are all social distancing. We're all most of us are quarantined if we're not essential. And so, uh, Chris, I'm excited to chat with you today because I think situational awareness is something that is always important and especially now. So Chris, why don't you explain what that is and what you do?
1: Sure. So the situational awareness training um, is based on some skills that they really develop or enhance. When I was in the Marine Corps, it was uh, obviously in combat, you have a whole different set of skills that you're trying to observe people and kind of get an idea of what's going on around you and protect yourself and others and where the enemy is. But uh, the mindset of applying those in your civilian life are also important because you don't know, um, is not as likely of a threat around you, but there's always an opportunity for you to avoid potentially being in a situation where something could cause you harm or cause some sort of um, inconvenience in your life. And it could be something as minor as, you know, avoiding a car accident, which we're all situationally we're on the interstate, hopefully. Um, but it could be also avoiding, walking into a crowd where there's potentially, you know, something worse that can happen. So taking the, the the combat mindset and applying it to real life is important. You know, people kind of go through life and assume that they're um, safe. And they're just kind of doing their day-to-day things. And they kind of overlook some of the small things. That's why this training is it's good to help people in, in all situations.
0: I like because it's um, after speaking with you, it's not fear-based, you know, it's not, um, fear-based and number two, it's also not, which of course I want to believe I'm a badass. I've told stories in the past how like I have this image in my head that I can rip someone's like throat out with my bare hands, which is not true, but I think in my head I can do it. And so what I like about what, what you do and talk about is you don't get to that point. It's not living your life that you have to get to that point. It's that when the hairs stick up on our arms, right, that we notice that and then Change our behavior to get out of that situation, so we don't have to, you know, find out whether we are as much of a badass as we are. So, or we.
1: Right, yeah, definitely. I'm not trying to teach people how to take out a threat or eliminate a problem. I'm telling them how to observe something that makes them uncomfortable and potentially, you know, could cause some harm, and how to avoid the situation. So, when you walk into a room, or a restaurant, or a sporting event, or something, you look around. You should kind of do a quick scan of the area and see if there's something that makes you feel uncomfortable. And you make that decision, okay, I'm going to go somewhere else or I'm going to avoid this because something's not right. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to teach you how to rip somebody's throat out, which you know we want to avoid in most cases. Um, yes. But it's more along the lines of just kind of self-preservation, like, hmm, something is not right here, and I think I probably don't want to be here because I don't feel comfortable. Um, so, yeah, it's, 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 it's really more of um, just being aware that something as minor as just somebody's presence in a room potentially might be nothing. It might be just them having a bad day and you just want to avoid it. You know I mean? It's really kind of avoiding any sort of problem.
0: I think what I enjoy um, about a conversation like this with you, you know, meeting someone like you um, I talked about Matt Jennings um, from Eminem. He, on his episode, he recommended the book, the gift of fear. And I think you and I talked about that book. Um, but for me, what I appreciate with talking with someone like you is that it's made sense of some stories from my past when twice I've had a car flip over in front of me and right before it happened, I like knew it was going to happen. And, but both times, the moment I thought that seems like something bad could happen. My next thought was like, Oh, Sam, you're so dramatic. You're so, you know, whatever. And kind of tried to shut it down. And just the older I've gotten, the more life experience I've gotten. And I've had enough things happen where I'm like, Oh, that was, you know, whatever you want to call it, you know, but I think with you, you know, it's that situational awareness where my body kind of puts some pieces together. And so it's kind of learning to trust that. So for me, it's like, I want to share with people, like, trust that instinct, trust that intuition and take the time to listen to it. Don't just blindly, you know, not pay attention. So.
1: Yeah, definitely. One thing, um, you talked about cars flipping over, which is kind of hard to do. I would imagine I haven't had that issue, but uh, I was driving down the interstate uh, a couple months ago trying to get somewhere into D.C., and I noticed the lady uh, next to me, she was very preoccupied with her hair. She was combing her hair and trying to get ready. I guess she was going to work or something, and then she took her hair piece out of her hair. It was attachment on her head, and she was using both hands to hold the hair up next to her and brush it while she was driving down the interstate. So I made sure that I slowed down, I changed lanes, I got as far away from that corner as I possibly could because obviously she wasn't very aware of what was going on and, and then imagine that, you know, hopefully she met where she was going safely, but that kind of behavior is, is an indicator that that person is definitely a threat, you know, they could, you know, cause some serious problems down the road.
0: Yeah. Now, I know originally we were going to kind of talk about how to assess threats and, um, you know, kind of avoid things like petty theft, street crime, things like that. But now we're kind of living in this new normal. And I think we're all starting to see that this isn't just a one week thing, a two week, a one month, that not only, you know, right now in Virginia, we're quarantined until June 10th. As of now, um, it could it could go on longer. And then once, it, once we go back, it's not gonna, we're not gonna go back to the old days. You know, there's definitely a new normal that's gonna happen. And so one thing you talked about was that people are under a different stress right now. There's a whole new level of stress, and then you add in the financial level of stress. And so what are some things we can do to be aware of this new normal and kind of live in this new normal?
1: Right. So one thing we uh, teach and kind of discuss and help you understand is everything has a baseline. There's a normal kind of activity level anywhere you go. you When you go to Starbucks, you assume to see people sitting around having conversations, drinking coffee on their computer, potentially reading or doing whatever. If you go to a football game, you assume large crowds, you assume people cheering and kind of being um, excited and energetic and, and energy going on like that. But when you see something unusual in a situation, grocery shopping, for example, if you, you see somebody that's you know, stressed out or kind of scurrying about in the store, you try to get out of their way because maybe, you know, there's some sort of emergency they need to get their produce or whatever the case is and they're in a hurry because they're gonna get back to their house. But with this new situation we're in, everything, everybody's baseline has changed. Mm-hmm. There's no normal that we really understand previously. I mean, you can't go anywhere. It's even open these days and when you can go somewhere, the number of people in a store, for example, is minimal. So you want to avoid people and avoid doing anything that might make them nervous that you're potentially getting in their way or causing them some harm. Cause we're all inconvenienced. We're all trying to figure things out and get what we need and take care of our families and get home and, and stay safe and healthy. Um, so people's behavior, even if you knew them previously, they're potentially acting differently because there's so uh, so much more stress in their life, not being able to um, potentially not even work or not get resources, any like food and medical supplies or whatever the case is.
0: Yeah, we talked yeah. about that with Robin Norris, who's a marriage family therapist. study, you know, is a cognitive behavior um, studies all that, and she talked about the hierarchy of needs being met, and you know, we can't move on until those basic needs are met, and I imagine it's kind of works similar with our fear and stressors and things like that is the more those break down, the more people act out out of fear and stress. So what are some things we can do to manage this new normal, to not live in fear, but to be mindful and live on purpose?
1: Well as far as what to do to be mindful and, and um, have a purpose, I guess like I said, everybody's kind of operating under a, a, an added layer of stress. So you have to think of ways to obviously stay healthy and avoid large crowds and social distancing, and all those fun things. But my wife and I, we get up pretty much every morning, um, usually around 530 or so. It used to be earlier before our commute was uh, improved, let's say. Um, but we would get up early. We still go walk about two and a half miles every morning. We get about 45 minutes or so of exercise outside and then we come home and we, you know, have coffee and kind of get ready for the day. Um, It's important that you still take advantage of uh, physical activity. You can't go to the gym, but you can definitely go for a walk. And I even have been spending the majority of my day just walking around my house. Like when I'm on a phone call, or something, or I'm, I'm listening to a podcast or listening to an audio book or something. I'll just walk around the house and I've been averaging probably close to 20,000 steps a day, just pacing around the house. Awesome. Um, <laughs> it's more like just spending time, you know, time doing nothing, but yeah. still keeping my body active. Um, and also, like I said, if you do have to go outside, uh, just realize that we're all under the same stresses. So be nice, just, you know, realize that, everybody's trying to just make sure that they can do whatever it is they need to do. So, you know, if you can possibly help somebody by moving out of the way or only taking one of a particular product off the shelf and instead of taking five, um, you know, you can help alleviate somebody's stress because they might also need something that you're also, you're trying to buy. Um, Like I said, reading or listening to podcasts or um, some sort of self-development, is a good way to stimulate the mind and kind of get your mind off the stress. Um, learn something. Take this time that you have extra time sitting at home if you're not working or if you have a break from work or after hours when you're um, getting some free time. Try to you know digest new information. And one thing I recommend personally, I always turn the TV off during the day. i worked from home for a number of years. Uh, the TV gets turned off. I watch a little bit of news in the morning. I watch the weather, see how the traffic is. I have to go anywhere and I turn it off because it's a lot of stress and, and fear that's recycled throughout the day. So the same story is constantly playing and there's not a lot of new updates. It's just pushing the same information. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you listen to it all day long, it's going to unknowingly it's going to cause additional stress on you because it's constantly building that fear. So turn it off, turn on some music while you're spending time in the house and you're, you're taking care of, either working or chores around the house and um, just try to be aware that, like I said, it's, it's potentially never going to go back to what normal was. You're going to have an altered normal Mm -hmm. things that you enjoy doing um, either with your family or individually. If you have a hobby or something, try to take that up. Maybe you have lots of things around the house that you need to uh, take care of use this opportunity to do that uh, and kind of take your mind off, off, the stress as much as possible, turn off that news and, and focus on, you know, things that make you happy.
0: I think that's very insightful. And especially as you were talking, I was thinking about, you know, your training as a Marine, right. And how so much of that, I just know from my experience with my dad being in the army growing up in in that environment of living on bases is that so much of the training is the mental training that we have to do beyond the physical training and how you prepare yourself. And so as you were talking, I thought, you know, I talked about with Robin on the Facebook live we did how she, she mentioned that she really lo- appreciated that the governor made the social distancing stay at home order until June 10th. Um, because when it was short, we're constantly changing. Our normal keeps changing, like not month to month, not week to week. I mean, it's changing a day-to-day, hour-to-hour, and so things will still change and develop, but by kind of knowing that, okay, we're going to do the social distancing minimally till June 10th, it allows us to start changing our brain, and I shared how, for me, like with using food food as an example, I'm just going to eat whatever I want because we're just stuck at home, And but suddenly looking at it until June 10th, like, oh, I can't stay in this mental space of Who cares? because that's just gonna get out of control and so I kind of feel like my my mind at least is now starting to make that shift into I've got to mentally prepare myself because this is going to be for the long haul you know two months right now relatively feels like the long haul but it could actually you know like you said it's a new normal we're living in so
1: yeah it's um whole mindset you have to really get yourself into a routine and don't just assume that you know it's it's just kind of you know do whatever you you want because we don't really have to follow what we considered before you've got to develop a routine get up at the same time every day if you can get some exercise in you know take care of whatever it is you need to take care of in the morning and go into your work routine and then at after work Uh, I I make dinner every day. So I still make my menu plan as far as what I'm going to cook for the evening. We still have, you know, sit down dinner. We still, um, get out and exercise like I mentioned, but, uh, I don't know if I mentioned earlier or not, but when I was in the military, obviously deployments are a big part of that lifestyle. So you're gone for six months to a year, depending on what kind of deployment it is. And so we have some experienced veterans as far as being separated and being kind of isolated from our loved ones. So everybody handles stress a bit differently. Uh, everybody, we're all creatures of habit. We're all social beings and we want to engage with people and interact and be able to, uh, communicate and still kind of have that engagement with people. Um, so if you can find a way like such as having a, a, a video phone call with somebody to do it that way it kind of gives you the same feeling that you're uh, you know having that engagement with somebody even though you're just on a phone call essentially um, And like I said you know make a, make a habit or a routine of your day and, and kind of realize like you said it's a, a, until June mid June we're gonna be potentially living like this so you really have to say okay you know what this is my new routine this is my new schedule this is how I'm gonna get through the day Uh, I'm going to be nice to people because we're all under a bit of additional stress. Uh, Some people can't handle very much stress and they are really sensitive to change. And when something is inconvenient, it really puts an added level of um, stress on their bodies and they're potentially more of a a threat. So realize, you know, if somebody kind of makes you upset when you're driving around and you're, you know, trying to get somewhere and they get in your way, or if you're trying to go to the store and buy something, just take a step back. And just kind of smile and just say, Have you know, thank you. Have a nice day. You know?
0: it's, it's funny um, with that mentality. It um, kind of goes back to if you, um, once again, this is just all fresh on my mind with talking to Robin, but it was basically like, you know, we need to do what we need to do for our mental health. But if you don't need something, you know, don't do it. And so that was in the context of exposing ourselves to risk. By um, being around people you know and in, in safety measures and things like that but if if you're not basically on the verge of cracking losing it and needing that social interaction better not to do it um, to to reduce your risk but of course if you need to you have to do it and I was just thinking it that that's how almost like being nice works and being patient and kind because we've all lost our we've all lost it right like You aren't a human unless you've lost it. And it's funny because we hear so much that people's behavior is not about you. And no matter how much we hear it, when you're face to face with someone who's rude to you at the store, cuts you off on traffic, I mean, your first reaction is like, why would they do that to me? Um, But so if we can keep ourselves in a mental state where that just reminding ourselves that their behavior is not about us, I feel like it allows us to then lead with more kindness, compassion, understanding, and give grace to others. Um, because like you said, we're all under this stress. And I think sometimes it's like, well, yeah, I'm under the same stress. So you shouldn't be lashing out at me. But I think just remembering we all have either different thresholds or all of our stress is different. Some of us are just stuck at home, but still getting a paycheck. Others have lost their entire livelihood because of what's going on. So everyone's got different stress, different levels of stress right now. So
1: yeah, it's it's, it's important. Um, just this morning, we were out uh, donating blood at the Red Cross, and there was a lady that was, I don't know if she's not a morning person or what the situation was, but she was really frustrated with the app. She couldn't get the, the inf- information entered that she needed to get entered, and, and she was very kind of um, not hostile but just agitated, you know, kind of confrontational. Mm-hmm. She was the person behind me it, waiting to donate blood, and it was obvious that it was really frustrating her. You know, I was just like, okay, well, you know, it's okay. We'll get this taken care of, you know, not a big deal. And I, I kind of shut up because it wasn't my place to help her out. So the people that were there were just, you know, accommodating, you know, say, okay, we'll get through this. And after a bit, she settled down and it was more, you know, cheerful because she realized it wasn't that big of a deal. So
0: yeah. every
1: little thing could potentially add just a little bit of stress that pushes you over the edge and just take a moment and step back, bite your tongue if you need to, and just smile. You know, just just, uh, give a little bit of extra effort to be nice.
0: Yeah, definitely. Now, something you had mentioned before to me, and I don't know if it kind of loops in with a little bit of what we're talking about, but you talked about self-aid, buddy aid, corpsman aid, um, you know, your references from your military background. So so what does that um, relate to?
1: So when I sent you that email, I was thinking about um, this whole new world situation, pandemic, Um, mindset uh, that we're all thrust into and the whole purpose of situational situational awareness training is to help you avoid confrontation or crisis or some sort of catastrophic event, being left of bang, they call it, basically ahead of the explosion or ahead of the shot Mm -hmm. so that, you you know, you identify everything you can identify and then avoid being in that situation. Um, obviously on some level we have already the bang has already happened everybody's already reacting to uh the threat that's out there so right now instead of trying to avoid being mugged or being shot everybody's trying to avoid a sneeze or a cough from some random stranger that's the biggest threat we have to worry about these days uh, which is kind of really kind of unusual but the self-aid buddy aid cormon aid that's a reference when in battlefield you take care of yourself if you're in a situation where you get injured, you take care of everything you could take care of yourself. If you need, you know, to band yourself up, if you need to take some ibuprofen because you're in pain, or if you need to apply a tourniquet or whatever you do yourself to get yourself functioning. And just like when you're on an airplane, if the little mask drops down, they always say, put on yourself first and then take care of somebody else. So that goes self-aid and then buddy aid, you take care of people around you. Uh, that could be just as simple as a smile. Just give somebody something, you know, for the day and just, A little bit of encouragement to say, we're all there too, buddy. You know, let's just get through this. Um, Or if you can provide some sort of service, um, additional um, donations to charities, or like I said, don't take all the toilet paper off the shelf. Just buy the one pack. You know, take it home to your family because you you have enough for the week. You're fine. Or donate blood or whatever you can do to take care of somebody else. Uh, In most cases, people are concerned about themselves and their loved ones and their household, So they are doing everything they can to take care of their families. Uh, and the buddy aid is basically your your immediate your um, immediate family. Corman uh, aid is when a situation develops beyond your capabilities and you need to call in the professionals, somebody that's trying to take care of the bigger problem. So, does everybody need to get tested for COVID nineteen right now? No. Have you gone through all the self um, uh, recommended steps? To take care of yourself and assess your health and isolate yourself away from others others and kind of go through those drills to get to the point where you're actually at a place where a professional needs to come in or you need to go see somebody to get something taken care of professionally, then go to that step. So I think uh, if everybody realizes they can focus on themselves as much as possible, get themselves right, and then look around them and see who they can help, who needs help, who they can provide service to. uh, And then if they realize, hey, you know what, this situation is really getting out of hand. We need to get you know, first responders in or get to the hospital and, and kind of get some additional help because we're all at different phases of this. Many people, unfortunately, have already been infected and have had much more severe um, cases where they're um, at the hospital or, you know, medical staff, they can't go home because they've been infected. So they're obviously in a whole different plane than us. For example, we're just waiting this out at home, trying to make sure that we avoid any problems. So the self-aid buddy aid is kind of a joke but it's really good mindset because you're like, okay, I'm good. I got everything I need. I'm I'm happy. Who can I help around me? Oh wait, that problem is really bad. You probably need to call somebody for that.
0: I think it's a perfect, um, a perfect reference example because we talk, I, I was talking about how the next Robin mentioned that the next wave of this is actually going to be a mental health wave, like the next big thing, because, people are struggling right now. This is such a big thing. And for some people, it doesn't feel big. For others, it does. But there's no denying that this is huge, just as far as we've never had something where everything is shut down, you know, except for the essential Mm -hmm. things. And so there's going to be repercussions. And so I think kind of thinking through that self buddy, Corman, where it's, you have to focus on you, you have to put your um, breathing mask on first, because it's all it's like, Things are just gonna get—I don't even want to say crazier—but like, like I said, this is the new normal. And so, if we kind of ignore how we're feeling and just keep putting a bandaid on it when we have, like, when we need a tourniquet, you know, we need to to really sew it up and heal it. Then I think we'll have bigger problems down the road. So I think reminding ourselves, you know, you, your immediate buddy, aka family, and then go from there. And of course, not saying we. I mean, of course, getting to the greater good of helping, but making sure you're you're in a good place too. So yeah, you're
1: not you're not going to be as effective if you're suffering or um, diminished capabilities. You know, you want to take take care of yourself as much as possible. Obviously, there's different levels of, of inconvenience. Everybody's inconvenience. So, are you generally healthy and okay? Yes, okay. Take care of others around you, and then move from there.
0: Now, normally. Um, you know, when we met a few months ago, we talked about that you um, can give talks at corporate offices, do trainings and things like that. So this is definitely a new normal for us right now. Um, but is there anything you're focusing ro- right now on or will be focusing on as far as the situational awareness training goes or kind of what fields you want to talk more into?
1: Uh, so like yourself with the, the podcast, going to a Zoom call. Uh this course is really kind of meant to be in, engaging in, in an audience. Um, consider doing the online course myself and having having classes remotely like this. I think it'd be good. The only issue is the course is designed to be several hours long, so anywhere from four to eight hours. Uh, so doing a Zoom call for four to eight hours would be a you know real test. So I think it would be a shortened you know condensed version of the class to kind of get the highlights out and get some conversation and some thought. Uh, provoke some thought about situational awareness and what it means these days to be kind of what the normal is. Uh, so we kind of look that direction, uh, probably start doing that here uh, in the next month. But one thing I've also really been focused on is is um, uh, my physical health. I don't know if I mentioned this before, but I really, as of last summer, really shifted my diet and changed um, my food consumption. It's really helped me one, lose a tremendous amount of weight, to improve my health. So as far as any prescriptions or medication from the doctor, all those are eliminated, but also it improves my mental clarity. I'm more alert and I'm more physically able to be active. And in case I am in a situation I need to respond, I have more energy to do so. Um, but it's really important to stay healthy. Like you mentioned at the beginning, you know, hey, this is a vacation. I can eat a bunch of junk food and whatnot. I think it's really important that people still focus on their health and evaluate what it is they're consuming in, because it's saying garbage in, garbage out. If you eat a bunch of junk, you're going to feel like garbage because you have all that junk in your body. Um,
0: the high only lasts so long when you yeah. have the dopamine released from all that, those endorphins, and then they crash and it's not good.
1: Yeah, so it's really important to take care of yourself. Um. I've even started coaching people on how to change their diet and their um, their their food consumption and really ev- evaluate their relationship with food and their health because like I said it, it it's you're not going to be as capable to take care of somebody if 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 you're under the info, so to speak of you know bad food, junk food garbage yeah. and all those things yeah. you want to really avoid.
0: Well, I know because people will be thinking it is what have, what changes have you made for your diet? What is the overarching kind of change? Oh, so,
1: uh, we have basically eliminated sugar and carbs from our diet completely. Um, as of July, I was, you know, I was on five different prescriptions for all different conditions and whatnot. And I was tired of pills. I was like, I'm tired of going to see a doctor. I'm tired of them telling me to take this for, you know, for that symptom take this for that symptom take this and i said you know what i'm done i'm done taking medicine so i told myself i'm going to start this diet eliminate all my carbs all my sugars uh and i'm going to see how what happens so i wasn't really convinced it would work but within nine within 30 days i no longer had any um uh heartburn issues so i had a prescription that i just stopped taking i was like i don't have any heartburn anymore i don't need it and then within 90 days i went to my doctor i said hey I, you know it was a brand new doctor we had just changed insurance. I said, Hey, I want to have you check me out and do a full test of blood and everything and see see what's going on. See am I am I doing the right thing? You know, I've already lost thirty pounds by that point. And I was like, just make sure I'm I'm good. Check me out. So he tested my blood and he's like, hey, you don't need your blood pressure medication anymore. It's all you're good there. He's a cholesterol is fantastic. There's no issue there. He's like, and you're on medication for diabetes. I said, yeah. He's like, stop taking it. He's like, your blood your blood sugars are good. You have A1C is fantastic. It's wow. like there's, there's no need for all that stuff. I was like, that's that's what I wanted to hear. You know, so I, uh, after 90 days, I went from five prescriptions to zero, uh, and now I'm down about 60 pounds, a uh, lot more active, a lot more alert. I sleep better. My joint pains are all eliminated. I used to have a lot of back and shoulder and knee pain from 20 years in the military, and uh, it used to be hard just to squat down and get something out of the cabinet. You know, and that was painful motion that I wanted to avoid and now you know there's no issue I can get up and and get down and do whatever I need to do so it's really been interesting Um, it's amazing where sugar hides and where carbs are hiding because they're in literally everything so you have to do some planning about what you want to eat for the day Uh, understand that if you have something uh, a particular vegetable or some sort of food that has a higher level of carbs in, it, that you're going to have to eat more protein and more uh, healthy fats and whole foods throughout the day to make sure that you're not overloading on any of those. Um, but, yeah, it's been it's been a learning curve. It's been – once you get started, it's really easy to stick to. You lose all the cravings. I used to be a sweet tooth. I used to eat – I couldn't avoid a cookie. Like, I would definitely take two or three just because they're they're delicious, and I yeah. just not really crave them anymore. Um, I would never pass up donuts or cake or any sweets. I haven't had any of those things since sometime, you know, last year. Uh, it's been great. I mean, it's really, it's life changing. It's really different, um, mindset on food.
0: It, it's funny that you just ended that with a different mindset. Um, cause that kind of, you know, wrapping up this whole idea of where we're at right now is we have a choice of how we're going to look at this all, you know, is it, Doom and gloom, or is it an opportunity for reset? You know, and so we can't avoid it, you know, we didn't choose this reality, um, but this is where we are. Same with situational awareness. We can't change a, you know, a situation, but we can control ourselves whether we leave it or not. Same with food, you know. Do we want to just kind of mask the stress with food or and you know, kind of be a slave to that sugar? Or do we want to kind of flip it and say, I want to do, I want to take this time to make myself healthier versus dig that hole deeper. So um, I appreciate it. I
1: definitely think it's a great time to take that step to make yourself healthier. Yeah. You know, I I said I had these five different prescriptions and all they were doing was eliminating symptoms. They weren't fixing the problem. So I had to identify the root cause of the problems uh, and go from there. And I, one thing I see it's unfortunate is in this situation, we have a lot of, preppers and, and people that are hoarding food and whatnot and the easiest thing to hoard or to prep for a, a disaster is processed foods and canned foods and, and stuff so it's really important that you're still able to eat whole foods uh, fresh vegetables proteins um, meat as long as you can and, and Plan around that is your foundation, and then when it really gets bad, if you're limited on those, you, you evaluate what kind of food you're able to keep long term. But it's uh, it, like you said, it's important that we use this opportunity to reset. I mean, it, it's it's raw and convenience. um Get off the sugar addiction and just uh, you know try it. Say you know what, I don't need soda anymore. I don't need these anymore. I need cookies. I don't need whatever the case is.
0: You brought up a good point, which I think is, you know, you said, eat the fruits and vegetables, eat fresh foods, healthy foods for as long as we can. And I think that that's such a great reminder. And it's something that we can apply to right now, but all the time is that, are we really in a place right now where we have to eat like the last things of what we own, which is, let's say the processed pre-packaged stuff? Are Are we to that point yet? where some people are, you know, and I can't, you know, that's why, but for just me and if there's anyone that's in similar boat, like, well, no, we're not there yet. We still have groceries and we still have the ability to get groceries. So it's almost just that reminder to not live in that fear mindset to like, when it's not necessary, we're not there yet. And, or maybe you are, and that's why it's a whole different, it's a whole different thing. And that's why we help where we can help and kind of whatnot. But if you're in a situation where you're not quite there, don't, it's almost like don't give up when the fight's not over yet. Like you, right. you're still in it. You still have choices. So don't, don't, don't let your mind think that you're to a point where you're too far gone. There's no hope. Right. You know?
1: Well, that's the thing about the news. They, they have to report something that's entertaining. So mm-hmm. the fear unfortunately is what usually comes across. And I think about three weeks ago, uh, there was a really big wave of fear and the stores were cleared out. There wasn't a whole lot that you could really guarantee that you would see in the stores. So typically we have a menu pre-planned for the week, pick four or five dishes. I'm going to cook for dinner every night. Uh, and we go to the store and we buy those ingredients because we want to make these dishes. Well, the mindset we went a few weeks back was uh, let's play chopped this week and just get, you know, some proteins and get some produce that they have and we'll get some other stuff and we still have some food in the house. So we'll just get what we can get. We'll get home and every night's a chopped game where we, okay, we have these four ingredients and we're going to make this dinner. It's going to be good because you know we have the capability of making something that's still somewhat nutritious. Uh, The fear mindset that a lot of people are having, unfortunately, is they need to start going into cocoon mode and they want to, hide in the corner and wait for everything to to stop happening. They want to go back to normal and they want to just sit in their hole in their house and, and just kind of ignore everything around them because everything's dangerous and scary and uncomfortable. So if you can realize, like you said, that this is the new normal, we do have to continue to have life move forward. I still have to, some of us have to go to work. Some of us still have to uh, take care of our families. We still got to get, you know, things, Going because at some point stuff will sort of reset to some level. But take advantage of opportunity, be healthy. Uh, don't eat all the macaroni and cheese boxes that you know you have saved in the basement or whatever the case. Or the M- MREs from the military folks that um, maybe you're storing up. It's not to that point yet. We're not to the point where everything mm-hmm. is shut down and you literally can't leave your house or there's no resources at the stores.
0: That's great. Chris, if people want to get in touch with you, I appreciate you sharing all of your insight, and um, and I know you have a lot to share, a lot more to share. So, if people want to get in touch with you, how can they get in touch with you?
1: Uh, so, my email address is chris at safe certified training.com, safe certified training.com. Uh, I also uh, have the website, it is um, www.safe certified My phone number, if they want to reach me for information on the class, 703-962-7493. My website has an opportunity in there for uh, somebody to download an ebook if they want to read that. If they like what they see and they want to schedule a class, they can get on my calendar and I can do a consultation with them, or they can call me up and discuss it further and we can figure out if, you know, what they're looking for if this will be a fit as far as getting them kind of in the right mindset and the training for their family or for their employees or for their team or whatever the case is.
0: That's great. Well, thank you again, Chris. I appreciate you sharing and also pivoting and adapting our conversation to kind of, you know, address what's going on right now in the world. I appreciate that.
1: I appreciate the opportunity and thanks for uh, being a company this morning. I know I was a bit delayed, but I appreciate the uh, flexibility.
0: I appreciate that you went and donated blood to help others out during this time. So I think it's leading by example, setting a good example, and it's one we should all follow if possible.
1: Definitely well, yeah. get out and donate if you can, if Definitely. you're
0: capable. Thank you so much, Chris, and um, and um, we'll have more info for him on our website. Everyone, stay safe, stay sane. Thank you. Bye. And that's the wrap for now.
1: Thanks for listening to Flushing It Out
0: with Samantha Spittle. Music provided by twinmusicom.org. Song titled Night at the Dance Hall. Sound editing by me, Jeremy Spittle. A special thanks to our studio sponsor, MM Exteriors. Visit their website at mmexteriors.com for all of your roofing, siding, and gutter needs in the Northern Virginia area.
1: Visit our website at flushingitout.com and be sure to subscribe. This has been a Spitfire production.
0: That was the greatest thing I've ever heard.